Hello, believers us. I'm so excited. It's another Sunday in the presence of the Lord. Uh, this week we are online, we're back online. Uh, it was an exciting time last week that we got to spend time together. We're grateful for that and we're grateful for today. We're grateful for the opportunity to spend time together online like this. Uh, so that means that our IFAM, people who, who join us from every part of the world, can also be a part of the service. So that's something nice, that's something exciting. Uh, we're going to get into the service very shortly. Uh, I want to encourage you, like we always do, uh, share the link of the service with someone. You know, there are other people who may not know that we're, that the, start, the service is on, that we've started. So share the link with them on all of your social media platforms. Let them know that we are online. And we will say a word of prayer after the worship session. Uh, we, will, we will get into the word of God. Okay, so we're going to join uh, Minister Kenny Solakir and our friends. They are, they are helping us out with our worship so far. And I haven't been blessed you know, by their contributions, and we're so grateful to God for them. So we're going to go now to the time of worship, and then I will be back to share the word of God with you. Father, we thank you for today's service. We ask, Lord, that as we get into the service today, we declare your manifested presence, your power, and your spirit over the service today. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you after the worship.
an amen. We are free indeed. We are free indeed. Glory be to God. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. If you're just joining us, uh, the good thing about these online services is that you can you can always go back after we're done. You know, to if you missed out on the worship, you can go back and watch it again and, and partake of that time. I hope you were able to engage. Um, we are we're out there uh, with uh, a quest to get a worship leader or worship leaders. As it were. So if you know anyone who may be interested in that role, uh, we're talking to uh, one or two people, but uh, nothing concrete yet. So we're still we're still going to you know put out that uh, as the new year comes along, we we'll, would we'll, uh, advertise it a little bit more uh, so that we can start to engage in that way, and um, hopefully we, we get someone that that's the right fit for us here very very soon. So uh, I'm glad that you're able to join us today. We're going to get into the Word of God together again this week. We're in a series that we're calling the Church. And like I explained to those of you who were here in the room with me last week, the, the reason why we're taking our time to teach things like this right now, things that don't look as though they are meeting any specific need, is because this is really the time that we can do that. This is the time that we can spend together in things like this, you know, talking about foundational truths like this and sharing what the church is about. Because once people start to gather, once people, you know, start to hear about the church more and they begin to show up in their numbers, it will be difficult to find the time to do this kind of teachings. Um, you'll, you'll probably be left to midweek services and things like that. So we want to set a good foundation. And some of you uh, uh, were here last last night with us, and it was it was an amazing time. Just a few of us were here, but it was it was really a wonderful time. And we were able to pray. And so those are some of the things that we want to be doing right now to be laying a good foundation. You know for for what's to come so that's why we're, we're engaging in this teaching all right so uh we, we, will, we will do it over the next you know maybe we have two more weeks in the series just to talk about what the church is and today i'm going to be specifically talking about the five purposes of the church the five purposes of the new testament church the things that jesus said in the scripture that are the purposes of the church are stated in the new testament so that's what we're going to do today so let's take our confession and we'll say a word of prayer and then we'll get into the word. Uh, it was like, it was really good to hear you guys say the confession live here with me last week. So I hope you are not going to let me down today. Okay, you will not you will put away your jollof rice, you know, and your your sandwiches, and let's let's make our confession together. All right, I want to go say every day. Oh come on, you you have to say it. I don't want to say it alone. Okay, say every day, and in every way, I'm becoming more like Jesus. I'm becoming more like Jesus. One more time, I'm becoming more like Jesus. Then we say, in my thoughts, in my words, and in my actions, in Jesus' name, amen. So let's do it one more time. Say, every day, and in every way, I'm becoming more like Jesus. I'm becoming more like Jesus. I am becoming more like Jesus in my thoughts, in my words, and in my actions, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Father, we approach our word again today like people that have found a great treasure. Uh, we, we thank you for eyes that see Jesus, ears that hear his voice, hearts that understand who we are in Jesus and who Jesus is in us. I ask, Lord, that you anoint me and my lips of clay. Let your word come unhindered and unchecked by any demonic interference, so that at the end of this, your people will be edified and your name alone will be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so this afternoon, like I said, uh, we're continuing the series on the church, but the message title for today specifically is the five New Testament purposes of the church. That's what I want to talk about this afternoon, the five New Testament purposes of the church. Now, why is this important? Understanding the five purposes of the church and structuring around those purposes is what is going to help us to achieve healthy and sustainable growth over time. 
So there are five things that Jesus mentioned in the New Testament that the church is meant to do. And what tends to happen is in most churches is, and this has been found, this is proven, all right? And what I want to share with you today is, 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 is common knowledge, you know, it's things that have been taught before, but they are in scripture, the found in scripture. We're just digging them out so that we can, we can see it and bring it to the light and, and get it into our hearts and let, let's, let it set the foundation for what we're about to do. Right, so most churches usually fall into this trap where uh, if there is one thing that the, the pastor or pastors, or the people that are, in, that are leading the church, if they are passionate about one thing, uh, the church tends to focus all of its energy into that one thing. And they, they, what I mean is this, if, if the pastor is a good teacher, uh, the church would most likely turn out to be like a like a, a classroom church, you know, where people come in. Uh, yeah, they hear the word all right, and the word is really good. And people just come in with their notepad and their pens and they are making notes. They are not interacting with anybody. They are focused on the message, and they hear the message. After the message, they get into their cars and they are off, you know. Uh, and all of the energy of the church is focused in that direction because that's the gift that the minister has. And, and some other churches, the pastor is very excited about worship. He's excited, excited about music. He loves music and he loves to worship God. So they direct all of their energy, all of their resources in that direction. Uh, but if the church is going to be very healthy, there has to be a structure that, that helps to make sure that the five purposes of the church, there is a balance between them in the things that the church is doing. So that's why we're sharing this and that's why it's very important. That's why these purposes of the church that Jesus shared this is why it is important. That's what I'm saying. Now, God's purposes for the church will outlast any personalities, any plans or programs. So it's not about gimmicks. It's not about plans and programs and activities. You know, what are they doing now? How, how are they growing churches? You know, those kind of things. And you've heard me say a lot already about personalities. There's not going to be anything like that here where everything is focused on one individual and, and the gifts that he has. Uh, we're trusting God that as more people come in and as more people, you know, show interest in the work, we're going to give people opportunities to do different things here, you know, and to 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 gift to 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 show forth their gifting. Uh, and don't forget that our approach is for people to come to grow and to go go into whatever it is that God has called them to do. So that's important. Now there is a tendency for church leaders. Uh, this is what I was explaining before to lean uh, uh, towards something they are most passionate about. So understanding and structuring around the scriptural purposes of the church is vital for sustainable growth. Now, the, the purpose of the church, uh, the, the five purposes of the church, uh, and I warned you last week that there's not going to be three points today because there are five purposes of the church, okay? So the purposes appear in two things, uh, two subheadings in the scripture. One is called the Great Commandment, and the other one is called the Great Commission. Now, we have talked a lot about the Great Commission. Uh, we, have, we, have, we have talked a bit about it. Now, what I'm going to do as I explain the five purposes is that the things that we have already talked about, I will spend less time on those things. And I will spend more time on the things that we are yet to touch on. So bear that in mind. So you, some points might appear like I, I breeze through some things. It's because we've already talked a bit about those. And you can always go back and listen to those messages and catch up with that. So I will spend more time talking about things that we haven't really had time to talk about yet. Okay? So let's look at the Great Commandment. It's found in the book of Matthew chapter 22 from verse 37 to verse 40. This is the Great Commandment. It says, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So this is the great commandment. Okay? Let's look at the great commission. 
It's found in Matthew chapter 28 from verse 19 to verse 20. Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Here's what it says. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So this is the Great Commission. Now, so this is where we're going to pull out all of the five purposes of the New Testament church from. Okay, so stay with me. Now, point number one. This is the first purpose of the New Testament church. Okay, the first purpose is love the Lord with all your heart. Love the Lord with all your heart. In one word, that purpose is worship. So, love the Lord with all your heart. In one word, it's worship. All right? And Matthew 22, 37 to 40, Jesus said, and, and Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all, with all your heart. So, that is the first purpose of the New Testament church. It's a place where believers can gather to worship God, to express our love to God. So we express our love to God through worship. Worship is how we, we show God that we love Him. Uh, there are different ways that we do this, but the most common one that people know is singing. All right, But singing is just one of the ways that we worship, and I will show that in a minute here. But one thing that is important that I want to really mention is that worship of God comes before service for God. The worship of God is more important than service for God. So you, you can be engaged in activities uh, uh, in the church or do, be doing things for God. Uh, but we must always remember that we must never get so busy for God that we don't have time to express our love to Him in worship. This is extremely important. And many Christians fall into this trap, especially ministers. As we begin to grow uh, in, 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 the, in the kingdom and the things that you're doing for God, uh, you must realize that our first calling is to Jesus. The Bible says he called the disciples to himself. That's our first calling. And that is extremely important. Let's look at uh, Jesus mentioning um, the issue of worship in Matthew chapter 4 verse 10. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. So we worship in spirit and in truth. And I'm sure you already know this. So let's, let's look at it in John chapter 4. Uh, how Jesus said we need to worship. It's something called spirit in spirit and in truth. John chapter 4, verse 23 to 24. The hour is coming, and now it is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. This is very, very important. We, we worship God quite all right, but we must, we must understand that the worship of God is done in spirit and truth. And we'll have more time to elaborate on all of these things. Like we said, uh, Sundays just keep coming, okay? So <laughs> there's no rush. There's no rush at all. Now, uh, what are the other ways of worship? You know, we already mentioned singing. Uh, and there, there are other ways that we worship God. It's not just through singing. Singing is one way. And, and here at Believer's House, we're going to do all of these things. We will worship God in our singing, but we will also worship God in our giving. We will worship God in our giving. Giving is one way that we tell God that I'm not just paying you lip service, but I am putting of my resources into the work of the kingdom. That is crucial because many people are, you know, get into that thing where, you know, they, 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 I mean, I was talking to somebody this week who was saying to me that he doesn't give to anything. Uh, and, and that might sound uh, new age, it might sound nice to say, but that's not the way of Christianity. That's not the way of Christianity. 
Giving is one way that we worship God. Proverbs chapter 3 from verse 8 to verse 10. Proverbs chapter 3 from verse 8 to verse 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. We're not going to shy away from giving because giving is something that the scripture commands us to do. It's an act of worship to God. And uh, um, last week I was telling you, you know, that we don't have any sponsoring church and all of those things and nobody has given. But I, I need to report to you that there is someone who, is actual, who has actually started giving. And I'm so excited about that. I'm so excited. And it's interesting because this is somebody who may never even step foot here. You know, but over the last couple of weeks, the person has actually given, not once but twice now, uh, to say, okay, this might not look like a lot, but I want to be part of what is going on there. You know, and and it, it just it just excites me. But I know that for us here in this house, uh, we will we will make it a point of duty to teach it uh, at least, so that we know that we have done our own part. Okay, and then we we pray that people pick up on that because this is an act of worship. It's not. Uh, I mean, we can we can turn a blind eye to it. You know, like like most people try to do now, uh, and just say, oh, we don't want people to think that we're all about money. You know, so we never mention anything about giving. But people. If people are not taught, don't forget what we said. Whatever we want to see in this house, we would preach in this house. If people are not taught that that's an act of worship, people will just be coming to church and, and be consumers. But they will not be a part of, of how the work is done. You know, and, and this is something that is very, very vital. All right? uh, so let's move on here. Worship, uh, uh, we do it through singing. We do it through giving. Another way that we do, we do worship God is with our lives. This is the most important one. We worship God not just by our lips in singing and raising our hands and worshiping Him, which is fantastic. Not just by giving of our substance to the work of God, which is also very important. But the one that is most crucial is to worship God with our lives. With our lives. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. The Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, which is your reasonable service. I like the way the New Living Translation puts it. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind you will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. This is truly the way to worship him. So, uh, uh, putting our lives, you know, on the on, on the altar, as it were, you know, as a living sacrifice, uh, is is another way to worship God. It's funny. There's a there's a joke that one of my mentors here in this city actually, uh, you know, shared once. Uh, he said the problem with with living sacrifices is that they don't stay on the altar, <laughs> you know, because if the sacrifices are alive, it will just run away from the altar. But we must let our lives be living sacrifices and stay on, on the altar there of God. And, and it's, it's about sacrificing our lives, living our lives in a way that is pleasing to God, in a way that represents who God is, you know, and, and share, shares that with other people. And, and our lives, you know, is pleasing to Him. It's, this is the most important type of worship that we can give to God. Let's move it along. Uh, point number two, it, love your neighbor as yourself. This is the second purpose of the New Testament church, to love your neighbor as yourself. And like I said, we've talked a lot about this already. So I will, I will share a few things here, but one word that describes this is ministry. Love your neighbor as yourself. The one word you can use to describe it is ministry. Uh, if we look at that, Matthew chapter 22, uh, from verse 37, it says, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. 
You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So ministry is how we demonstrate the love of God to other people by meeting the, the needs you know, of other people and healing their hurts. That's ministry. How we, we, we express the love of God. Like we said, the church is the arm of God literally on the earth today. So we have to be an extension of the love of God to people by meeting people's needs, people's felt needs. Uh, and there are different ways that the church does this and we will, we will look into that uh, over and over again. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 12, for the equipping of the saints. Ephesians 4 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So here, saints are going to be equipped for the work of ministry, which is uh, extending the love of God to other people. Okay? The work of ministry is a demonstration of the love of God to the world. The church exists to meet all kinds of needs, spiritual needs, emotional needs, physical needs, relational needs. You know, that's why churches engage in all sorts of different things, not because uh, it's corporate social responsibility, as it were. No, it's scriptural responsibility. We are supposed to extend the love of God in different ways, you know, uh, in not just in, in preaching, but in, in meeting felt needs as God grants us resources and, and as people give, as people worship God through their giving. We start to, you know, use some of those resources to meet people's felt needs. Uh, John chapter 13, verse 35, we, we talked about this uh, last week here. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is our trademark. So let's, let's move it along. Number three, the third purpose of the New Testament church. Jesus said, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. One word for this is evangelism. Go and make disciples. Mark chapter 16 from verse 15. Here's what it says. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So we are ambassadors of the kingdom. We are not just saved to wait and make heaven. We are saved so that we can save other people. We are at God's ambassadors. And church planting has a key role in fulfilling this assignment. Uh, it has a very, very important role because it provides a structure through which evangelism and discipleship can take place in a structured and organized way, in, uh, in, in a way that is well-funded as well. Now, we have we spoke about uh, lifestyle evangelism, that that's going to be our own major approach. Because when the Bible said, go, go ye therefore, you know, as King James puts it, um, we, we, we stated that it's, uh, in the Greek text, it's, a, it's present participle. It's something that, that should have read as you go, as you go. So, in other words, it was a giving. Jesus took it for granted that you are going to be going about your lives anyway. So, as you go, uh, preach the gospel. As you go, preach the gospel. So, as you go about your lives, as you as you go, uh, you know, about your work as an, an entrepreneur or as as an employee or you know whatever it is that you do, as you go, preach the gospel. So, it's all about giving people tools, equipping people with tools that will help them to do that in practice, to be able to reach out, to be able to reach out to people, you know, while they are going about their lives, to be able to be, be, be a blessing to people and share the gospel and help people see the opportunities uh, that, are, that are around them. Because especially in this part of the world, it really, really takes um, uh, wisdom to go about this lifestyle evangelism uh, because of all of, the, all of the laws and privacy and all of these different things. Uh, and how people try to safeguard, you know, their space as it were. Okay, so that's important. And because, of, like I said, we've, we've talked about this before, but we are still going to talk about it over and over again. I will sound like a broken record sometimes. Just bear with me. We have to say some things over and over again for it to really, really sink in. So we don't seek church growth, you know, just to be able to say 
uh, our church is growing, but because God wants people saved. And when they get saved, they, there's a place where they can come and they can be discipled, where they can grow in the knowledge of God. Alright, now, uh, the remaining two points are, are going to actually explain this process of making disciples. So let's just go into it. Now, number four, Jesus said, baptizing them, baptizing them. And one word that we can use for that, for that expression is fellowship. Uh, fellowship. But I'm going to really try to break down this issue of baptizing them uh, today. All right. So Matthew 28, it says, Matthew 28 from verse 19 to 20, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So what is baptism, you know, uh, and there's been a lot of talk about, you know, is baptism, uh, you know, some people don't believe that you should baptize people in the New Testament. Some people believe it should be by sprinkling. Some people it has to be by immersion. There's so many things, but there's more to the issue of baptism than we even realize. Baptism is one way that people identify with the body of Christ. When someone gets saved, you know, they come into the body of Christ to identify with the body of Christ. So we are baptized into uh, fellowship with other believers, like we said from Ephesians 2.19 last, last Sunday about the being a member of the household of God. So, so that's important. We are called first to believe and then to belong. So we are called to believe, but then we, we now have to belong to a body, to a body of believers. So we are members of God's family, not lone rangers. Christianity is not something that can be done in isolation. We are, we are supposed to belong to a family of other believers that believe like we do to help us, you know, and to, to, to give a sense of joint mission and purpose uh, for, for the work of the kingdom. This is, this is why we belong, all right? The church exists to provide that atmosphere of fellowship for believers, for other believers, so we don't do things in isolation. Now, what about baptism? It's something that is simply symbolic. Uh, it's symbolic because you are identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. That's what water baptism symbolizes, all right? But in the New Testament, there are, in the, in, uh, there are three types of baptisms that are mentioned. The first one is the baptism of repentance, uh, which is John's baptism. It's done by water. There's the baptism in the name of Jesus. Uh, that is also done by, in, by water, all right? Please listen to this very carefully. This, this is very important, all right? Now, the final one is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This is not done by water. This is done by the laying on of hands, all right? As, according to what scripture teaches us. Now, what I want to really point out to you here so that you begin to understand the meaning of the word baptizing them is this. When Jesus said baptizing them, what he said was baptizo. That was the Greek rendering of what Jesus said. It's expressed in the word baptizo. Now, what we do as immersing people in water is not baptizo in Greek. It is bapto, which is immerse. That's what it is. The word baptizo, which Jesus used, means a process of immersion that results in a permanent change of state. Please, let me say that again so that you understand why I'm stressing this part. Now, Jesus, when Jesus said baptizing them, what he said was baptizo. The meaning of baptizo is a process of immersion that results in a permanent change of state. When you put somebody in water and bring them out, do, does it change their state permanently? It does not do that. That one is baptism, but that's not the word Jesus chose. He chose this word baptism deliberately 
because it's this one is a process, a process that results in a permanent change. So he couldn't have been talking about water. Baptism is the first step of baptizing them, which is immersing them in water in the name of Jesus, not John's baptism, but in the name of Jesus. But it's still in water. And I know this might be getting a little bit, but just stay with me, okay? I need you to understand this. This is important now. Because some of you might always get it too deep for me. I don't just listen, all right? Now, I just need you to understand that when the Bible uses certain expressions, it's for a reason. So it, it, it's showing us here that we are supposed to be immersed into a process that will make sure that when we come out of that process, we are, we are changed permanently. It results in a permanent change of state. Water doesn't do that. It is the washing of water by the word that does that job. So that's where I'm going, and I need you to understand that. So what he is talking about is immersing people in the teachings of Jesus. That's what he's saying, which is the next point. So he said, and I'll talk about that on the next point. He said we need to immerse them in the teachings of Jesus to come out and be changed permanently, result in a permanent change in their lives. So we would do water baptism, yes, but we realize that bapto is the first step of baptism, baptizonte. All right, let me let me go so that before I, 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 I start getting because this is this is my zone. This is where I really get excited when I'm when I'm breaking down words so that you see for yourself the meaning of the words are so important because it helps us to realize that we have only stayed on the surface level of this thing and and the word baptizing them is really really saying put these people into a process, immerse them into a process such that when they come out of that process, they are changed permanently. So water baptism is symbolic, but the Holy Spirit baptism is empowering. So you'll find in the book of Acts, uh, Acts chapter 19, from verse 1 to 6, you should read that story when you, when you have some, some time. You should find some time to read it, not when you have some time. Create the time, okay, to read Acts chapter 19. Uh, and just read it from verse 1 to verse 6. You'll see that Paul, Paul came and, and, and he saw some disciples and he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, well, you know, I've not even heard that there's any Holy Spirit, <laughs> you know? And he said, so what, what did you get baptized in? They said, the baptism of John. So he baptized them again in the name of Jesus. Then he laid his hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. That's our job. Because the power is not going to come from water baptism. The power will come from the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and then you shall be witnesses unto me. So you won't receive power when you go into the water and come out. That's good, it's, but it's just a symbolic exercise. It just shows to tell the world that I'm now for Jesus, you know, I'm, 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 I'm making it public, which is very, very good and fantastic. But it goes beyond that, all right? So we will be baptizing in water, but more importantly, we'll be baptizing in the Holy Spirit in the Holy Spirit right away. So finally, just for today, and one of these days I'll take the time to really break down the word baptism because I, I, I don't, I don't, I'll probably show you the words and show you the meanings because it's important, all right? It's important that we get some of these things clear from the get-go, all right? So the final one here for today, teaching them to obey, teaching them to obey. This is discipleship in one word, discipleship. Uh, the church exists to edify and educate God's people. That's what the church is for. The church exists to edify and educate God's people, immersing people in the teachings of Jesus, uh, not just in, in, in niceties, but the teachings of Jesus. All right, Colossians chapter 1, verse 28. Here's what it says. Him we preach. Him we preach. Warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect 
in Christ Jesus. So discipleship is the process through which we help people become more like Jesus, uh, which is our own assignment here. This, this discipleship, discipleship is the process through which we help people become more like Jesus in thoughts, in words, and in action. So uh, even though we have defined our purpose as this one thing, which is to, to, to lead all people to Jesus, make them more like him, and see them lead others to him, we must still understand that there are, there are five purposes as far as the New Testament church is concerned. So we need to be able to balance all of those different things. And, and uh, in the process of making people more like Jesus, we're going to have to engage worship. We're going to have to engage evangelism. We're going to have to you know, engage fellowship. So all of those things are important in, in making uh, the picture complete so that we don't just focus on one thing uh, and be narrow in that sense uh, and leave other things uh, bare, all right? So Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 12, as we begin to tie this up, Ephesians chapter 4 uh, from verse 12 says, For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. You're going to hear me referring to this scripture a lot. Uh, for, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Glory be to God. The church, finally, is the pillar and the ground of the truth. Of the truth. So this is where discipleship takes place. This is where the truth is shared. It's the pillar and ground of the truth. First uh, Timothy chapter 3 from verse 14. Here's what it says. These things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly, but if I am delayed, I write so that you may, you may know how you ought to conduct yourselves in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. All right? So your, your assignment, uh, like we said, is to read um, Acts chapter 19. Add Acts chapter 2 to that as well. And just spend some time in the book of Acts. You will really see what the church is supposed to look like. Uh, because that is, that is the church that we want to be. That's the church that we are, the New Testament church. We don't want to just do things based on prototypes you know, that exist. We will learn from, from people, don't get me wrong. But we are going to keep our eyes fixed on the scriptures to see what we are supposed to look like. So let's go over it. The five purposes of the New Testament church. The first one is worship. The second one is ministry. The third one is evangelism. The fourth is fellowship. And the final one is discipleship. So we are to grow warmer through fellowship. We are to grow deeper through discipleship. So warmer through fellowship by embracing other believers. Deeper through discipleship. Go deeper in the teachings of Jesus and not just stay on the surface level. Number three, to be stronger through worship, by expressing our worship to God in our singing, by expressing our love for God in our giving, and by presenting our lives to God, we grow stronger. Then we grow, we grow broader through ministry, broader by expressing love to other people. We grow broader, we grow wider by reaching out to other people and expressing the love of God to them. And then we grow larger through evangelism, by, by bringing others into the fold. So these are the five purposes of the New Testament church. The first step uh, on this journey is to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you are, if you are out there, there's a, we, are, we are deliberate about giving you this opportunity every week because we know that you know, some, some people might stumble on this. Uh, so, and, and for some, you, you might even think that you know, you've been going to church, but that doesn't really make you a child of God. If you have never actually made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm going to give you an opportunity today because it all begins with accepting Jesus into your heart. You can't even get on this journey at all, on this process, um, this journey with us, uh, if you have not made Jesus your Lord 
if you have not made Jesus your Lord. This is extremely crucial, all right? So I want to give you an opportunity. Bible says all I've seen, Romans 3, 23, all I've seen and I've come short of the glory of God. But Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And then Romans 10, 9 says that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. We will be saved. So I want you to say this prayer with me uh, so that we can, we can sort this issue out once and for all and guarantee your eternal destination as you walk with the Lord. So just bow your heads wherever you are and say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart that God sent you to die for my sins. I confess with my mouth that he raised you from the dead or from the dead on the third day. I am saved in Jesus' name. Uh, I want you to say, give me the Holy Spirit of God. Say it one more time. Say, I receive the Holy Spirit of God by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Congratulations. I'm happy for you. I'm so excited. You are now a child of God. You are now a part of the family of God. Uh, I want to encourage you wherever you are, let us know. Let us know that you said this prayer. Uh, it's just so that we can reach out to you and you know share materials with you, give you a Bible, you know, send you materials that can help you. Um, we're not going to go beyond that. It's not a, a spooky thing, okay? We just want to know that you actually said this prayer. And if you're in the city of Halifax and you don't have a, a Bible-believing church, join us here, uh, all right? And, and reach out to us and we will, we will love to welcome you into this family and help you grow in this new faith that you have, that you have, you have found out. Or, or if you are saying that prayer again after a very long time, we would also be glad to welcome you. And wherever you are in the world, you can find the Bible Believing Church around you. Just connect with other believers there. We don't do Christianity in isolation. Christianity is, is, is fellowship. Uh, we, we don't separate Christ from the body of Christ. So you need to find a body of believers that you can engage with and, and the Lord will, will be with you, all right? So I'm, I'm, I'm so glad for you. God bless you very much. And for the rest of us, I, I want to thank you for staying with us uh, up until this time. We had a lot, a lot to cover today, but uh, I'm sure we still did it in good time. So thank you for staying up until this time. Now, just a few announcements before we go. You heard me say uh, at the start of the message uh, that we were here last night to pray. And it was a good time. It was a good time. So we will be here. Uh, the, the, our city has released new regulations, but it really doesn't doesn't even begin to affect us because we're a very small church, all right? Um, we are still well under the limits, very well under it, in fact. So uh, there's there's a lot of room here, and people, you know, just stay in their own zone and, and pray. You know, so there's no hugging. There's none of that. It's uh, it's uh, we do things quite safely. We have masks. We have sanitizers. You know, and and we, we we use common sense, all right. So that's all I'm I'm saying. So if you if you want to come and uh, join us on Saturday nights at 7 p.m. here in this building, uh, that's that uh, prayer time is not online because we want people to actually engage in praying, you know, and not be on on Zoom and you know be multitasking, you know, and shut off their camera and be cooking or doing something else. If you're here, you're praying and you know you're praying. So that's important because this prayer is important to us for the launch of this church. Uh, we are setting some, some foundation stones and it's very important. So if you're in the city and you want to join us, please come along and join us. But as for our Sunday services, we will still be online. You know, so next week we'll be online. And for December 20th, uh, we were thinking of meeting, but we are monitoring, you know, what's going on uh, with, the, with the city and COVID and all of these things. So whatever happens, we would announce it, you know, whatever we're going to do. If we will gather on the 20th, we will let you know. If it's going to be New Year's Eve, whatever it will be, we will let you know. All right. So every week. Uh, 2 o'clock Sundays will be online here on YouTube. Okay, and then Saturdays will be in person in this building 
to pray. All right, just just the few of us that uh, that usually you know that showed up last last week. Just going by the, like that, we are well under the limits of uh, gathering limits. Okay, uh, God bless you. So and then um, we also talked last week about uh, uh, merch, uh, uh, hoodies and you know and sweatshirts and all of that. So if you're interested, if you're you know part of uh, IFAM, you're interested, reach out to us. You know you can send a message on Instagram or any any of those social media platforms. Let us know you are interested in the in, in the merch merchandise. Uh, you want to pre-order it, and we will send you the information for that. All right. So that that should be it for today. Uh, thank you so much once again, guys. I am so excited about the progress we're making. Uh, I'm, I'm happy um, just to see the people last week that came in here. I was really my heart was you know really 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 glad, and I really thank God for the progress that He's helping us to make. We're taking it one step at a time. And we believe that God is leading us on this journey. So thank you very much for joining me uh, once again. I will see you next week. Uh, don't forget to share the link with other people who were not here today. And just put it out on your social media platform so other people can get to see it. All right, so let's share a word of prayer and we will be, we'll be on our way. Father, we thank you for today's service. And we ask, Lord, that you establish us in the truths that you have shared with us today. And indeed, in all righteousness, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. My name is Shion Salami on behalf of myself and my wife and all of us here at Believer's House. We want to thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time. God bless you.